Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. If you would, open up your Bibles to Psalm 18. Uh, Again, as I mentioned, next week we're going to have the opportunity to to share with you some of the details about uh, our our turkey trip. Uh, But I will say that one of the things that God did... uh, just re-emphasize and, and, and just show me uh, was just, again, how huge his heart is. And, uh, and especially how his heart is for the nations. He loves us. He loves you. But, uh, you know, he, his love is not limited uh, to, to geography or this turf. But he is such an amazing, awesome God. And uh, as big as he is, it's very, very difficult for us to get our arms around him. And, and through the years, you know, as if you spent any time in, in studying God's word and, and, and uh, in Sunday school or in a group study or Bible study, you know, there are different aspects. Perhaps you've studied the character of God uh, and the many different facets, you know, as far as how amazing God is and just who he is. Um, but no matter how, how much we study, it's very difficult for us to get our minds around that. I remember, you know, some of those big words I, I, I used to be proud of knowing, you know, when it's trying to understand the, the fact that, you know, God is omniscient. And, you know, that means that He's all-knowing. He knows everything. There's not nothing that, that, that you can do or I can do that which God is not aware of. He knows all things. And then, you know, you go with the other O, omnipresent, you know. And so I was pretty proud when I first learned those words, you know, like omniscient and omnipresent. But, you know, omnipresent is that, uh, you know, that God is everywhere. There's nowhere that you can go where God is not. You know, when we think about how amazing it is that God has created us in Psalm 139, you know, the psalmist goes on to say in verse 7, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. So no matter where we are, no matter where you are, I mean, God is there. We cannot outrun the presence of God. So that's a fact. You know, that, that's just true, and we embrace that. But the truth is also that there are some times that God shows up in a special way. You know, while He is everywhere, where He is omnipresent, there are times that He shows up in, in such a special way, and when He does, it changes everything. You know, and I don't know about you, but perhaps, you know, you're, you're looking for God to show up in a special way in your life or in your circumstances. You know, you're going, God, I need you to show up and I, I need that change and I need that transformation in my life. But you know, when God shows up in a special way, it does change everything. After Turkey, uh, my wife Felicia and Rachel and I had the opportunity to go on to Israel and, and that was a blessing and a privilege and, and, um, 
You know, some, some people, uh, uh, this isn't a dish or anything, but somebody was asking me about Turkey. Did you feel safe there? I said, quite honestly, I felt safer in Turkey than I did in Israel. While we were over there the first day, sirens went off. There comes a missile, you know, uh, you know being shot. But, uh, you know, this special place, the, this part of the world, um, we had an opportunity to, to go around and, and we went to the Dead Sea and uh, uh, right up from the Dead Sea after, you know, miles and miles and miles of these deserts. And, you know, when you picture the dry deserts, I mean, they it, it's everything that you picture. It's just dry and you get to the Dead Sea and um, it's pretty hot there. But right up from there is a place called En Gedi. Any of y'all remember the name En Gedi? And, and, and it's in En Gedi we, we find in First in and Second Samuel and, and some of the Psalms where uh, this, is, this was a respite. This was a, a place where uh, David was, went and uh, whenever he is being pursued uh, and his life you know, was being threatened. But uh, is in this place in Engedi is right there in the middle of this desert, and you go you go up in the hillside, and there's five consecutive waterfalls, and you're going where does this water come from? I mean, where does it come from? But I can only imagine that as King David, you know, found that, that he was just like, thank you, God, you know, thank you so much, you know, for this place. But it was in, in, in Gedi that perhaps this 18th Psalm that we're going to look at today, it was perhaps, you know, after God had done a great work in delivering him from his enemies and delivering him from Saul, uh, that we see this Psalm in Psalm 18 uh, come to place. God showed up in a major way when he was there. A little bit of background here is that um, for Psalm 18, before we look at it, is that, you know, David was running for his life. You know, and, and perhaps you're here today, and as we look at, you know, stories from the Bible, as we bring that before us, God wants us to see the parallel that goes within our life. And so my prayer for you today is that, you know, perhaps if you feel a little bit like David did at this particular time, if you feel like, you know, you're being pursued and, and unjustly, you know, and that you're kind of running from, uh, this hot pursuit on your life that, that you, you would learn from, from David and be encouraged by his testimony here. But he was running for his life, no doubt. You know, as we were driving, you know, through these mountains and through the desert, you know, I was just thinking, oh my goodness, goodness. I mean, here's David. You know, he's not in a car with air condition in it, you know, but, you know, he is leaving Jerusalem and he's running for his life and, even though God had used him in a mighty way, God's favor was on him in a, in a mighty way. But, you know, you've got these, these folks that doesn't see it the same way. Saul became very jealous of David. And so David's being pursued. And going through there, you know, there's no doubt that he was tired. No doubt that as he was going through those deserts that he was thirsty. Uh, no doubt he was confused like, God, you know, I've been faithful to you. You know, you've used me uh, and I've just offered myself to you and I've trusted you. I've put my faith in you. I've known that you're, there's nothing too big for you. I faced uh, Goliath and, and God, you used me uh, to demonstrate your greatness. Uh, you've used me in so many battles uh, to bring victory. And yet here I'm being pursued, you know, un unjustly so, you know, he was confused by that. But uh, also, as he's being pursued, the Bible helps us to understand that Saul and his craziness, King Saul, you know, he had thousands of men that were pursuing David. David's now got a few hundred guys. 
And so as we got up into this place called En Gedi, you know, I could just picture, you know, what was going on and how David found a respite there and, and, and how God just refreshed him and then delivered him. And we're going to see that in this particular psalm as we see God coming through. Now, here's the deal. Now, you may not, you, you may not uh, be able to identify very much with David, but you can identify with being tired. You can identify with being confused. You perhaps today you can be identified with just being weary or even being fearful. And so God wants to remind you today and He wants to let you know that He is here for you just as He was for David. And so let's read this uh, 18th Psalm. We're not going to read the whole thing, but we're going to begin with the uh, first verse of Psalm 18. Here's David. He says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave cooled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help, and from His temple He heard my voice. My cry came before Him into His ears. Now beginning in verse 7, we see this poetic language that he uses to demonstrate that God showed up. So let's just read a few verses there. He says, The earth trembled and quaked, the foundations of the mountain shook, and they trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils, consuming fire came from his mouth, burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the seraphim and flew, and he soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemies, great bolts of lightning, and routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth laid bare. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of breath from your nostrils. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because He delighted in me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just come before you today and we just thank you for your word and we thank you for this day. Lord, it's uh, June 23rd, 2019. Um, it's just another day, but it's a special day. It's a special opportunity for us to come and to sit at your feet and to encounter your presence, to be reminded, Lord, that you've got a plan and purpose for every one of our lives. And Lord, that you want to show up, your desires to show up, in a special way to bring about transformation in our lives. And so, Lord, today I pray that you would open each of our hearts and minds to you, that we would experience you, that we would go so much further than just getting some more information and just a few steps or a few ideas. But, Lord, we need you. For David, you were the, the whole package. For David, you were the difference maker. Not, not just a battle plan, 
not an exit strategy. It was you. Precious Lord, through your spirit today, we just welcome you and we ask that you have your way among us and that we would experience you in a deep and profound way, a personal way today. And that when we leave here today, we would say, God showed up and we'd give you praise, honor and glory for that. For we make it our prayer in Jesus name. Amen. All right, so you have an outline there, and so we know the background. And so David says, in my distress, in my distress, you know, I cried out to God for help, and God showed up. There's a there's kind of a big word for this. It's called theophany in verses uh, 7 through 15. It's really uh, this idea of a divine display of, of, God's, of God's deliverance for David. And, and you see this in, in this radical, wonderful way now. And it wasn't just a little subtle thing to where, okay, yeah, I think God was there. But it was very, very clear that God did something. And God wants to make it very clear in my life and your life that, that He is up to something. And so perhaps, you know, we can say, Lord, let this theophany, you know, rise up in, in me, this divine display of your doing your work in an amazing way. And so that's verses 7 through 15, and then verses 16 through 19, we see God's deliverance, where God literally delivered him. Now, I don't, I don't know how all that works out, but, but, but one of the things that is clear as you read through Scripture is like, you know, um, David was outman, he was outnumbered. Uh, no doubt you know, there, was, there was just so many things that was against him, but he had God for him. And, and it's just amazing of the sovereignty of God. God is sovereign. He wants us to embrace that sovereignty. And that when Saul would get close to him, you know, all of a sudden he'd be on one side of the mountain, but God had already led David. And just whatever thought or action it was that David would be on the other side. So God is sovereign. God has a plan. God has a purpose for each of our lives. He's got a destiny that he's drawing us into and he wants us to embrace that and to enjoy that. But uh, it may be that... Uh, as we look at this, that God's going to reveal Himself to you in this uh, divine display. And that's my prayer. This past year, God has showed up in, in a special way in, in my life in a, couple a couple of times in, in a profound way. And, and, and it's not always in this you know, great, delightful way, but it's very clear that God is at work and that the high end of God is you know, uh, being extended into my life or into the world in which we're living. God wants to show up in your life and mine. And it may be that, you know, again today that you're feeling a little bit like David, you know, uh, I don't know, relationally or spiritually. It may be you feel that it's dry and, and that you need renewal. It may be that financially or whatever the case is, but, you know, you feel a little bit like, like you're running on empty and needing God's intervention. Well, there's a few lessons that, that I think that we can learn from King David as we position ourselves. Now, here's the deal. We cannot mandate God showing and We can say, okay, if I do this, if I work this formula, then God's going to do this. God is sovereign. And I'm sure, I'm sure that David, you know, as he was just hightailing it through those deserts, all the time he was crying out to the Lord. He'd go, any time now, God, any time. Uh, but God in His sovereignty knows the right time. But the truth of the matter is, you know, as Scripture says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging for bread. Uh, God, God is faithful. And he, and he just demonstrated that in David's life. So here's these three things. Nothing profound, but what the profound aspect of it is, 
It's the experience and the encounter that we have with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Number one, just when we, when, when we are going through the desert, when, when we are going through life, when we're going through tough times, when we are distressed, when, when there are things that are, are going on in our life that we know this just isn't right, and it may be coming from others, it may be stuff, stuff that we've orchestrated. Here's the deal, when we're distressed, when, when we're weary, first thing, run to God. Now, he's running from Saul, but here's the deal with God. There's never a time that you can't run to God. You know, you go, well, I'm, I'm running. I'm going, I'm going east. I can't go west. You know, you, you, you can be running from Saul and running to God at the same time. That's in God's economy. But we see that, that this is what David, the posture of his heart is. He's just running to God. Psalm 61 is another psalm that kind of demonstrates this. It says, Hear my cry, O God. It's on your outline. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you. When my heart is overwhelmed and weak, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You know, so it, it may be that there's some stuff that's going on in your family or your spiritual life or some relationships or finance or whatever the case is. But God wants you to encounter Him and to experience His powerful presence and His love for you. Here's, here's why, why David encourages, we see this, why we should be running to God. He, he explains that uh, in the first few verses. Look what he says. He says, Lord, You are my strength. You are my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my shield, my salvation, my stronghold. And in this, as we just take time and just sit before Him and meditate, no, no doubt as, as David did when he finally, God led him up to in getting these waterfalls, these refreshing waterfalls. And we know Psalm 63 when it talks about, you know, how I thirst for you in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water. All of a sudden, there's these waterfalls. That as David was just encountering God and took a few moments to, to really allow God to administer His presence on Him, there, there's some things here that, that God reminded him of and, and reminds us of. You know, whenever you're weak, God says, I'm your strength. You know, whenever you don't think you can go on, when you don't think you can go any longer, God says, I'm your strength. He says that whenever you feel unsettled and, and when things seem turbulent in your life, He says, I'm your rock. I want you to know that I am this for you. This is who I am. Whenever you feel so vulnerable and exposed, I'm your fortress. Whenever you feel like you are ensnared and entrapped and entangled, imprisoned or whatever it is by whatever circumstance, choices you made or other people have made, He says, I'm your deliverer. He says not only that, but as, as all of these temptations and life comes at you, I'm your shield. And He wants us to see and experience all that. And He says, you are my salvation and my stronghold, my high tower. So David says, why would we run to God? It's because He is, he is all these things. God wants to be this for you. He wants to be your strength and your rock and your fortress and your deliverer, your shield, your salvation. And the way He comes to, the, to that is um, to, for us today is through the good news of acknowledging Jesus. The good news of the Gospel is that Jesus has already done it for me and you. And we come to experience salvation and then have this eternal relationship with God the Father. To where it's not just, a, it's not just an idea, but it's a practical experience each and every day.
So you want God to show up. And if you're distressed or if you're, if, if you're just maybe giving up on something in life, here's the deal. He's saying, run to God. You, again, you may be running from, but run to God and call out to Him. He shows in a very personal way in verse 6. He says, he, From His temple He heard my voice. My cry came before Him into His ears. He talks about that in a very personal way. It's not God in the distance. It's God here. Run to God. But something else that we see from this, I th- as I look at this, is if I'm going to be doing that and, and, and f- seeking God to show up in my life, I need to remember who I am. And I think this is one of the biggies where you might just want to put an asterisk by this. I need to remember who I am. So it's right there uh, in verse uh, 19, uh, 16 through 19. It talks about how God reached down and delivered him. But in verse 19, he says, He brought me out into a, spa- a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. You know, as I was reading that, it's just like God just stopped and said, Wait a minute, I want you to stop here and I want you to, I want you to get this. If you are a follower of Christ, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ, if you believe, you know, if you believe that God so loved the world that He sent Jesus and you believe Jesus is the Son of God and you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and you believe that He was buried but on the third day He was resurrected and, and that He lives today making intercession. If you believe who, that Jesus came to be your Savior and you've received Him into your life, you are a child of His. Now, you're going, well, Mike, you know, we know all that. We hear that all the, all the time. But I will tell you, you know, that's something that we, we have a tendency to take for granted that's not heard in the places where we're going, where we, where we were over the last couple of weeks. C- certainly not s- something that we should take for granted. But he says... He says, He brought me out. He rescued me because He delighted in me. I think one of the ways that Satan robs you and me of running to God and experiencing God's deliverance is because we have, a, we have problems with this. My prayer for you, if you just kind of close your eyes right now and just make this your prayer, Lord, help me. Reveal to me through Your Spirit how much You delight in me. Lord, help me to get it. Lord, we ask that today. In Jesus' name. Here's the deal. I I think Satan robs us of so much and we rob ourselves by not understanding and allowing God to show His pleasure and how much He delights in you and in me. We've been robbed of experiencing the goodness of God, the joy of God, the peace of God, all that it is, because we've kind of rejected that. You know, and we go, wait a minute, uh, that just kind of feels a little weird. No, 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 but that's God. And, and, and we're going to hit a little pause button there because I'm, I'm going to share with you a little bit later, you know, how God used, you know, some tough things to help me understand this concept. He delights in you. Uh, not because you're Mr. Goody Two-Shoes or Miss Goody Two-Shoes. And this is the way we function in our world today. He delights in you because you are a child of His. And because you've received His Son, He delights in you. He loves you and He's delighted with you. 
We have a tendency to push God back and refuse because we don't understand that. And I think one of the reasons we don't understand how much God delights in us and He wants us to understand that. And, and my encouragement to you is, you go, Mike, I don't get it. I mean, I don't, I don't feel that and I don't get it and I'm not sure that I really believe it. If it was today, sometime today, on this Sabbath day that we celebrate is get along with God and just say, God, help me understand that. God, show me that through your presence and through your Holy Spirit, and keep running to Him until He shows you how delighted He is in you. Because so often what happens is, is we feel like, well, you know, I'm far from being everything that I believe that God would want me to be. And so sometimes Satan then gets us to think that, well, we're kind of uh, putting on a mask and that we're just a sham and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, our hearts become closed and we don't experience you know, that sheer delight that God has in for us. And one of the things I think that Satan uses these next few word, uh, verses, because we kind of misinterpret that, look beginning with verse 20. He says, the Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanliness of my hands. He has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not done evil by turning from God. All His laws are before me. I have not turned away from His decrees. I have been blameless before Him and have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in His sight. Now, how many times have you read something like that and you're going... Uh-oh. I mean, think about that. You're going, no wonder. No wonder the other shoe's fallen in my life. <laughs> no wonder there's, uh, it's because, whew, my hands aren't that clean. Uh, Lord, I'm just, I just don't keep your way. I mean, I, I'm just not good at keeping your ways. Oh, and then we get in verse tw uh, 21. Yeah, I've done some evil. Yeah, I've, Lord, I've turned from you so many different times. Um, I'm not, I'm not doing like I should. I'm not reading the Bible as much as, as I should. Uh, you know, I, I've turned away. I've done my own thing. I've turned away from your word and your decrees. In verse 23, oh, I'm definitely not blameless. Um, Lord, there's sin. You know, I know there's sin in my life. There may be strongholds. And we, we go, we're looking at this and, and we are now in a performance religion. And, and we've been robbed of, of understanding what the cross is all about, that we were just singing, hallelujah for the cross. God, God I think, He wants to serve notice to us, like, do not, do not fall prey to that. And I know, I know that in our own flesh and through the evil one, there's, he's going to use the, you know, he uses scripture, he used scripture on Jesus. He'll use it on us and you're going to be sitting there and you're going to be going, mm -mm. Oh, no wonder God's not delivering me. No, no wonder this didn't happen is because, you know, he's dealing with me according to my righteousness. If that's the way he dealt with David, then, you know, I'm not there yet. You ever felt that? But the good news of the gospel is this. We are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. You know, we don't have a problem believing. We don't have a problem believing that Jesus is the Son of God. We don't have a problem believing that Jesus died for us. We don't have a problem believing that, you know, that, uh, that He rose again. What we have a problem is, is understanding what that means in our life and that we are now clothed in the righteousness of Christ as His children. And that's how God looks upon us. So when I come to God, you know, I'm going, God, 
I'm calling out to you. And it's not based on my performance. It's based on Jesus' performance. That's the reason it's so easy to fall in love with Jesus when we fully understand that, when God helps that resonate within our hearts to know it's not based on that. And then you go, is it, so you, what are you saying? It's not important how we live our lives? No, that's Paul's argument over in Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. You know, it's not a call for license. Whenever you love someone and whenever there's that transforming uh, love of God at work in your life, there's going to be a change in our behavior. But it's not our behavior that puts us in a position of, of encountering God's goodness. It's because of who He is. So David came before him and he called out to him. He says, my God, you are my God. He personalized God. He ran to him. And then he, he acknowledged, that, you know, he remembered who he was, that he was a child of, of God. And he was faithful in that. And then, so as we come to God, we run to him. We remember who we are because of what Christ has done for us. And then that opens us up to this third thing. We receive God's grace. Just receive God's grace. In verses, uh, he goes to explain that in some of those verses, but in verse 28 and 29, I think it captures this. He says, You, O Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop with my God, I can scale a wall. I, I love that. I love the in imagery of that. Number one, whatever darkness you may be experiencing, God will turn that into light. Run to Him. Uh, wh whatever, whatever walls are before you, whatever's been unmovable and impenetrable in your life, here's what God says. When He shows He said, I will help you... Leap over that. I will help you fly over that. I will break through no matter what it is. I keep calling out and seeking after what God is doing in your life. And once you experience that, once we experience that, it's like he says in those last few verses. Look with me beginning in verse 46. He said, The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God, my Savior. And then verse 49. Therefore, I will praise you among the nations, O Lord. I will sing praises to your name. That's what He's called us to do and called us to experience is that His presence, His power, His love. And so as you and I come here today, um, let it be our prayer. God, let me not just be going through life, business as usual, but let me be expectant that whenever hardships or disappointments come my way, that Father, You're going to show up. And it may not be on my timing because here's the deal. As Henry Blackaby says, God is rarely early but never late. But keep calling to Him. Like David, call to Him while you're going through the desert. Keep calling and saying, God, any time now, any time now. But in God's timing, his timing is perfect for you. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. But He wants to demonstrate in your life and my life, in this body, His glory. When God shows up, it changes everything. Let's continue to pray for that. Would you pray with me?
Father, we thank you that you showed up in creation and created all that we enjoy here, but you created us, mankind, as a demonstration that you are the God of love and that you're God of relationship. Lord, we couldn't get it right. And so you showed up through your son, Jesus, to demonstrate your amazing love for us and the way that we are able to experience you and your provision and your grace and your goodness. Lord, I pray today that as you, through your Holy Spirit, as you showed up at Pentecost, that Lord, that you would, through your Spirit today, just expose our hearts to our individual needs. Some it may be just, well, we're just sitting here and we've just been flat spiritually for quite a long time. Lord, just give us the want to, to do what you want us to do, to run to you, to remember who we are and that, that you've got a plan and a purpose for our life and then to experience and receive the grace and mercy you have for us. So that like David, that we praise you every day in our families, in our homes, at work, uh, Lord, among the nations, that we, we give you praise and we give you glory. Let that be the desire of our lips. Lord, I pray that today that for anyone that's here that has heard the good news but has never personally received you, Jesus, as their personal Lord and Savior, that they would hear and feel the knock of your Spirit at their door, their heart's door, and that they would just bow before you that they would turn from their personal way of living life and turn to you, seek your face, and invite you to be their Lord and Savior. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for continuing to extend to us your love and joy. And now today we ask that you would be glorified and that your name would be lifted up through our personal and corporate response to you. For we make it our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.